It's a hockey night in Pittsburgh. Toronto is in town. Canada's team, if you par long lay. Matt Murray in goal for Toronto. So he gets the tribute video, and very deservedly so. The Penguins got to win. The Penguins got to keep getting points. And, of course, we've got all week to talk ourselves into thinking that the Steelers might beat Cincinnati. And they might. And that they might still make the playoffs, which they will not. There's such a fine line between being a fan and being stupid. Mike Tomlin said today that Pickett's growth and improvement have been, and I quote, really impressive. Pickett's growth and improvement have been, quote, really impressive, unquote. That is 100% a lie. I watched the game tape again, and yes, Pickett was terrible. No nice way to put it. So that's what we got. You don't seem to be tired of the BS at all about Pickett and about the Steelers' playoff chances, so let's wallow like pigs in mud. Let's wallow, oink, oink. This is the Mark Madden Show. This is what you want. This is what you get. 412-333-WXDX is the number to call, or you can do what the cool kids do and follow me on Twitter, at X. Philadelphia Eagles at home last night trailed at halftime against Washington and got booed at 8-0. And then they lost to Washington. Washington ended the Steelers' undefeated streak a couple years back, and they did it again to Philadelphia last night. Uh, That number again, 412-333-WXDX. I hope Matt Murray can find his game again for Toronto, just not tonight. Keeping Matt Murray and letting Marc-Andre Fleury go after the second cup in 17 was absolutely the right move at the time. Murray was cheaper, younger, had just won two cups, but it didn't work out. The right move doesn't always work out. Casey DeSmith will be in goal tonight against Toronto. I wonder how Tristan Jari feels about that. Or if he's hurt, like he said, after the loss at Montreal. Uh, I watched that Steeler game a second time. I realized and reaffirmed that Casey was a monster, just as impactful as Watt. The Steelers' pass coverage was pretty good, but pressure on the quarterback makes for better coverage. The running game obviously produced, but the blocking was nothing special. It was more quantity than quality vis-a-vis the run blocking because the Steelers used a lot of double tight, which I love, and the backs hit holes decisively. Pickett missed several passes and got spooked by pressure that wasn't there. And I still can't believe Deontay ran backwards and gave back a first stop. I also rewatched Cowers' rant about the Saturday hire, it being a disgrace to the profession, unquote. It's great. It's gone viral. I watch it again and again. It's accurate, but also way too serious and over the top. Uh, It's incredible how people feel like that Steelers win over New Orleans. A crap win over a crap team. 
So many of you see this as a new beginning that the season will be saved and the Steelers will make a run at a playoff spot despite just terrible quarterback play. Okay, so believe, but we will see. It's all part of my rock and roll fantasy. Maybe it's like the Pitt quarterback. Well, ex-Pitt recruit. The kid who decommitted, Minchie. He said he prayed, and God said, do not go to Pitt. God and his family, don't go to Pitt. That's what the Minchie kid said in, in so many words. Maybe God will yet deliver the Steelers. Why not? It's a crazy football season. Did you know Josh Allen now leads the NFL in interceptions thrown? And the Buffalo Bills look like just another pretty good team. You got the Jeff Saturday hire and he wins. The New York Giants are 7-2. and two. Why not the Steelers? Here we go. Uh, yeah, the kid, the Minchie kid. And, and by the way, nobody should panic over a recruit being lost because with player movement so exacerbated by the transfer portal, that trickles down to how recruits look at their commitment because commitment seems to be nothing in college football. So, you know, let's see who Pitt has at quarterback in two years and how this Minchie kid is playing wherever he goes in a couple years. But that stuff about he prayed and talked to his family. Jeff Saturday, somebody asked him about, you know, the attacks he's gotten for having been hired, in particular the Bill Cower rant I just cited. And Jeff Saturday says, the Lord is my defender. You know, uh, coach, and I use that in quote marks, coach, the Lord don't give a frig about you coaching football. Assuming there is a Lord, which I highly doubt. The Lord just does not give a frig about you coaching football. And if God is a football fan, Coach Saturday, he knows that's a crap hire. God's up there thinking, what in the frig is Earsay thinking? Uh. I do like this Najee and Warren combo at running back. I think Warren pushes Najee. I like using more double tight with Gentry and Firemuth. I I think that is the Steelers' best formation. Uh, offers the most versatility. Offers the best blocking. Covers for some of the sins of the offensive line. I like Casey, the versatility he provides the whole defense. I like Mollette, the blitz nickel. The O-line, don't suck like we thought it would. Here's the crazy thought. If Ben was playing, the Steelers might make the playoffs. Oh, and I watched the Elvis movie for like the eighth time. I, I think the best way to put it is I'm caught in a trap. I can't walk out. Uh, Jay Leno got burned in a car fire. Not too bad, part of his face. His eyes and ears are okay. Jay's an icon, but but way too carny. That said, nobody should have lit him on fire. Uh, the former Mrs. Tom Brady, Giselle Bunchen Brady, has a new boyfriend, a jiu-jitsu instructor, and Tom Brady is pissed. Yo, Tom. You picked your career over Giselle, so go hump a football. And Giselle has been being instructed by this jiu-jitsu guy predating the breakup of her marriage. So you know they were banging before her and Tommy split up. You know they were banging. 
the jujitsu instructor. Here, let me show you how to lock in this submission hold. And before you know it, she's submitting to his hold. 412-333-WXDX is the number to call. We've got a loaded show for you today. I mean, not really, but I think it's good to say that. Uh, we got Mark Cabali from The Athletic, who paid $3.50 for an unsweetened iced tea at a restaurant. So he's obviously insane. Uh, Jonathan Bomboli from The Trib will join me to talk hockey at 4 o'clock. Always very good hockey content from JB. At 4.30, it's the godfather, Stan Saverin. And then at 5.30, we got the Hockey Night Show. I have an excerpt from my new award-winning podcast uh, on the Bet Rivers Network about hockey players who can play a lot of minutes. And Latang's obviously one of those, but in I, I have a top three, but I expanded it to four. And of those four, three of them are uh, either current or ex-Penguins, so... Uh, that's really something that can fill time so I can leave early for the game. I mean, did I say that out loud? It It's good content is what it is. 412-333-WXDX. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk about something I just didn't think would happen. A Steelers fan website told the truth and provided video evidence. What is this world coming to? 412-333-WXDX. I'm Mark Madden, and you're not. 105.9X. And now, the super genius, Mark Madden. None of what you're saying is reasonable. It's laughable. Ah. You're already dumb. Let's see if you can go to dumber. The X at for the first time this winter in Pittsburgh, even though it's not yet technically winter. I love snow, except for the part where Pittsburgh drives like it's the Battle of Stalingrad the first time it snows in a given winter. Traffic slows to a crawl, even though there's zero snow laying. The Germans hoped the campaign would end before the harsh Russian winter. But instead, the traffic was backed up all the way to the Heidelberg exit. Uh, I got to give credit where it's due. Uh, Steelers Depot is a fanboy website. And it's usually incredibly carny and fanboyish. But it posted a bunch of videos of throws that Pickett missed uh, in the game against New Orleans. And that video is the truth. Pickett is last in the league in touchdown percentage. That's the truth. Pickett is second highest in the league in interception percentage. That's the truth. But see what you want, you always do. People accuse me of doing shtick, my heel act. Oh, he knows Pickett on Pickett will get the most clicks. Where do I get clicks exactly? This is radio. And Twitter don't get clicks. Yo, all I do is spit truth. Everybody else lies. Tomlin lied today when he said he's impressed by Pickett's progress. Either he lied or he's stupid. If you say Pickett's playing good or improving, you're lying. Or you're stupid. 
The truth is never stick. Saying picket is good. Now, that's stick. Let's talk hockey. Hockey is fun. Toronto's a fun team. Not sure they're going to win, but but they're a fun team. Matthews, Marner, Nylander. Tavares doesn't look washed right now. It's a real shallow team, top-heavy. Matthews scored 60 goals last year. He's awesome. Toronto better win soon. This is their window. Edmonton better win soon. This is their window. It's still Colorado's window. Florida ain't going to win. Their window's closed. Carolina ain't going to win. Their window's closed. Maybe the New York Rangers. Maybe the New Jersey Devils window is opening. I can't believe Vegas is 13-3. Or that Boston is 14-2. I mean, wow. So if you want to talk hockey, that would be delightful. 412-333-WXDX. Mark Caballi is going to join me to talk football in just a couple minutes. You know, I don't blame Tomlin for saying that Pickett's improvement and growth have been really impressive, unquote. He's kind of got to say that. But you take it like it's right because it's what you want to hear. Go to that fanboy website, Steelers Depot. They posted video of all the throws that Pickett missed. That video don't lie. Even when the fanboy website is saying, well, I mean, come on. Look at this film. It says a lot. 412-333-WXDX is the number to call. Uh, I, I say again, as I said when they gave him the contract, the Minka contract, it's not a mistake per se because he's a good safety. You just don't need to pay a safety that money. DeMonte Casey did everything on Sunday against New Orleans that Micah Fitzpatrick would have done. Now, will that defense be that much better when Casey stays in that spot and Minka's allowed to roam in that three-safety alignment to try to find the ball and make plays? Uh, I mean, yeah, maybe. If they play New Orleans every week, for sure. I can't believe the Eagles lost to Washington. And, and I see Steeler fans on Twitter taunting the Eagles. Yeah, they're 8-1. Your team's 3-6. and six. Let's taunt the 8-1 team. And let's say, oh, you lost to Washington when a couple of years ago the Steelers were undefeated at 11-0, and they lost to Washington. Steeler fans, wow. I always say that the team would benefit by absorbing some humility. Uh, so would the fan base. We got Mark Cavalli talking Steelers next on 105.9. This is Super Bowl champion Alfred Williams. Here's what's trending on the iHeart Sports Network. Presented by Mercedes-Benz. Virginius Mark Madden. Super genius, big fan, big fan. Hashtag best in the world. You are the super genius. <laughs> I'll say. And then some. The X at 105.9. Steelers saw their season resuscitated to some degree with that win against New Orleans. Joining me now to discuss, he covers the team for the Athletic. He is Mark Kabali. Kaboom, uh, Pickett's the big topic everywhere. How would you grade Pickett's play on Sunday, A through F, and uh, what were the pros and cons? Hello? Okay, we lost Kabali. He was apparently dumbfounded by the question and by having paid $3.50 for a unsweet nice team. And he's nowhere to be found. 412-333-WXDX is the number to call. 
We'll effort to get him back. Okay, Cabal, are you there? I'm here. I'm here. You okay. There? No, I left a half hour ago. Let's talk Kenny Pickett because <laughs> it's all anybody talks about. How would you grade Pickett's play on Sunday, grade A through F, and what were the pros and cons? Probably like a C minus. I mean, he missed a lot of early throws in the first half where there were some guys running wide open. And I, you have to ask yourself, is he missing those throws by not seeing them and not reading them, or is he deciding against throwing some of those because the, the old Mitch Trubisky syndrome where they're pounding his head into his head not to turn the ball over, don't take any chances. I mean, Deontay Johnson was open a handful of times. Uh, Pickens was open down the field a couple of times, and it looks like he saw him, but he went the other way. And I think he needs to stop doing that. I think he just needs to grip it and rip it type of stuff because uh, it's, not, it's not doing him any good, not doing the team any good. I think he did a little bit better in the second half, but you just can't rely on a running game that's going to get you 200 yards and rely on – I mean, honestly, Mark, they put up 220 yards rushing. They had 20 minutes of time of possession, and they still only scored two touchdowns. They need to put – they should have been scoring 30, 40 points in there. So I think Kenny – it's about where we expect him to be, what, 20 quarters in? But that's by no means saying he's playing good football. He's playing probably average rookie football right now. Uh, where is he struggling? I, I see him leaving the pocket to avoid pressure that's not there. And I know it's common for a rookie quarterback to be a one-read quarterback, but that appears to be the case with mm-hmm. him, doesn't it? Yeah, a lot of those early quarterbacks. I know. I think Ben was one one read and go type of guy for at least three or four years, where before he got more comfortable. But you know, to complicate that situation or compound it is, Tomlin wants him to do that. He he really likes the the ability of their quarterback to get out of the pocket one way or another. If it's moving the pocket, if it's you know, if you're trying to play man to coverage on those guys and then you have uh linebackers turning your back. They want he wants Kenny Pickett to go get those fifty six some yards. So uh there's gonna be a time here probably very soon where you're gonna have some sort of a spy on him that's not gonna allow him to do that. But yeah, I mean once we still have to keep saying to herself, rookie quarterbacks do struggle a lot. And if there's more that struggle than they do well in that first year. And one of those are reading defenses, knowing when people are open. Right now, he's falling on that crutch of if he gets any sort of pressure, if he doesn't see that first read or that pre-snap read, uh, he's going to take off for some yardage. And the more success he's going to he gets, the more he's going to do that. So I think you have to take time. You're going to have, like I said, years in the making of to be able to go through progression one, two, three, four. I mean, that's just some. Uh, that's what makes average quarterbacks great quarterbacks. And uh, like I said, it's just going to take some time with him right now. Right now, we just don't know if he can do that at a pro level. He may be able to, but he might not be able to either. Why did the running game break loose against New Orleans, and can the Steelers keep that up? Well, it's funny how uh, things happen when you actually push people out of the way, right? I think, honestly, I think early in that game, some of those big runs – not even early in the game, because they didn't have much success in the first quarter running the ball, but late in the first, early in the second, when they were able to get some chunk yardage there, uh, I think that helped them out a little bit. But that's the bottom line is this 
offensive line finally moving people around. And you know what? They are the offensive line. I mean, I believe out of the starting five in through nine games, they've only missed five total snaps. And we're going back all the way even – we're not even taking into account what what they played next to each other in training camp. So they should start getting better. They should start getting used to each other. And I think that's finally what we saw a little bit. The bye week helped a little bit to clear up some things. But I think they're finally getting to learn each other and what each other knows what to do and the next to them. I mean, the reason why that Steelers offensive line was so good in the penalty to Castro, Gilbert – you know, even building a wave of fosters, man, they played four or five years straight together. They didn't miss many t- snaps at all. So uh, I think that's a big part of it right now. They're finally getting a little bit more comfortable with each other. And the biggest thing is they're, they made some holes. And when you make holes, Najee Harris and Jalen Warren's going to be able to get through them like any running back in the NFL. There just hasn't been much of that, but that's, that changed on Sunday. Now you have to stack these. I mean, one game means nothing. They need to come out Sunday against the Bengals and do the same exact thing. That's going to be the next sort of uh, uh, test they pass. Can they do it in multiple weeks? But I like the way they were a little bit physical against the Saints, which were, they were banged up a little bit. Let's not gloss over that either. We're talking about Kabali from The Athletic here on the Mark Madden Show. We knew T.J. Watt was good. But his effect on the whole Steelers defense Sunday was mind-numbing. He only had the the one quarterback hit, no sacks. But but the 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 Saints just paid so much attention to him, yeah. it, it freed up so much else for the other players to do. Yeah, just think when you put in a, a healthy Minka Fitzpatrick in the game as well there, and maybe some more of their depth at the cornerback there if they would ever get a Witherspoon back or, or anybody to that effect. I mean, they were. You're absolutely right. I mean, if you see that game from, you know, in the press box, it was pretty much somebody was lined up next to that tackle on TJ's side every single snap. It wasn't every single snap. There was a lot of them. I mean, not a lot of times they they chipped him, but they just made sure that he had a longer way to get to the quarterback as well. So much attention paid to him. And rightfully so. I mean, he can wreck a game for you in a heartbeat. And, and uh, he, guys like Alex Highsmith are going to have to be the beneficiary of that. Hayward, Logan Joby, and, you know, if Miles Jack was playing, if he comes back. I mean, that's that the way they played, Marcus, the way they thought they were going to play all year. They thought they could rely on this defense to hold teams down to, you know, 10 points and just win some ugly games here. But when you had T.J. Watt out for that long of a time, it changes it so much. Like you said, he didn't really do much. What do you play, 70% of the snaps and only a handful of tackles? I mean, it's not like his production was out of, out of this world, but just him on the field, you got to pay attention to him. you got to pay attention to him or before you know it, you know, you're going the other way for six points. So more than anything else on Sunday, that's where he was the most valuable, just being available. What about DeMonte Casey? Uh, that's his first game as a Steeler. He'd been hurt up till now after joining the team in the offseason. I was amazed at his impact as well. I'm not sure it was very much less than Watts. Yeah, he was He was pretty doggone good in OTAs and training camp and the preseason before breaking that, that wrist. You, you saw right away that he was a guy that 
knew where the ball was, knew where he was going. I mean, he, he, I think he led the NFL in interceptions a couple years ago. But you know what? Uh, you know, he had a D, DUI in Texas. And people stayed away from him in this off season. Didn't really want to mess with him because they probably they knew he was probably going to get suspended for a while. And he was God brought him in on the cheap, and he's a very very good player. And they just had to use him as a strict safety on Sunday. Wait till. You know all the stuff they did in the off season in in preseason in, in training camp where they were able to use three safeties and move Minkin around in the box to create havoc, sort of a Troy type of role where he could be a freelancer and and KZ being a guy that knows where the ball is and all the time in the back half. So he's a guy that's going to be moving forward where you might not need to have a Robert Spillane on the field on third and. 17. You might be willing to have Terrell Edmonds at the line or, or Minka at the line. So as long as he stays healthy, I think they got a ton of different options with this defense to at least be able to keep this team in games. I mean, we all know how bad the schedule is down the road. I mean, I mean they're a bad team themselves. I mean, I'm not saying that Steelers are a Super Bowl team. But they got about four or five winnable games if they play like they did against the Saints here, and it's going to matter if that defense just keep them closed because the offense is going to be a work in progress all year. I mean, you just have to come to that conclusion. I thought the DBs. I mean, not just Casey. I thought uh, Molette had that one uh, great breakup. Uh, Levi Wallace played his yeah. best game. I think they all going to be healthy though. Because I think that yeah. defensive secondary is more born of depth than it is talents. Yeah, I think right now Sutton might be the best right now at, at the position. If you're going to label anybody their number one guy, he would be the guy. Well, that's just a you know a dirty, grimy player in that slot. Probably shouldn't be covering guys like he uh, was forced to cover guys last week in in the slot, and he I think. Back a couple weeks ago, he had to cover Tyreek Hill. But he's a guy that's just going to fight you to death right there. And I, I, he's, he's like a poor man's version of the Mike Hilton here. And he fits in with what they want to do. Uh, Levi Wallace, he, like I said, I don't know about Witherspoon. I don't know how happy they were with him. And I think that's what the thought was when they were bringing in William Jackson, that he was eventually going to replace Witherspoons. But now since Jackson's out... It looks like they're going to have to rely on Witherspoon a little bit more. But, I mean, as long as you get pressure on the quarterback, those guys don't have to cover as much. But, uh, like I said, I think Sutton's their number one guy. Wallace is solid, nothing special. Mullet solid. They just got a bunch of solid guys at the corners, no stars. And, uh, you know, I don't think you need them. If you, if you have a D-line or a front seven like that, so uh, – you would like to see a couple of them make a pick or two because you see what how, how much that changed the game the other day. But I don't think they're too interested in paying or acquiring or drafting cornerbacks high because they feel that they could get these type of guys and have them succeed. Now, uh, the Steelers even had a little explosiveness offensively. I counted six plays of 20 or more yards. Where, where'd that come from? Yeah. That's a good question. Four of them were runs, I believe, right? Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, I don't even remember the pass plays. They must have been uh, 
But, but yeah, they, you need to have splash plays. I mean, bottom line, right. it, it's a quick strike league. I, I know that they like yeah. to romanticize about defense and getting ball possession. But like you said earlier, they had the ball for 39 minutes and scored only 20 points. Yeah, yeah I mean, if you get those big splash plays, you don't have to. I mean, those 19-play drives, 15-play drives are nice and all. That just gives you 15 plays to have an illegal man downfield or a holding to put you behind the chains and forces you to punt as well. So uh, I think in the running game, some of those bigger gains are you have to have big gains. When you get big gains in the run game, you have to break tackles. First, there has to be a hole. Then you're going to have to break a tackle. And I think that's happened a lot uh, on on Sunday. The pass plays as well. I mean, I just wish they they would take more shots. And it's back to the original point of the Kenny Pickett uh, predicament. I think he just needs, when he goes to the line of scrimmage, and Ben was great for this. I know he was 39 years old when he did it. If he looked at the line of scrimmage and saw that anybody was getting man-to-man, you know darn well that's where he was thrown at that. Go let one of your receivers make a play. And he has guys that can make plays those flash plays, he has Deontay Johnson. He has the George Pickens where you get that ball in his vicinity and he can make a play. And that changes. You flip the field, and all of a sudden you're scoring more points and you don't have to rely on that defense as much. If you're relying on the old cower offense of, you know, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, you're probably only going to score 18 points a game. In this league, sometimes 18 is not enough. You need about 25 or 30, and that's where those splash plays. Because as where they came from, I don't know. I don't know where they come from. They just showed up finally after, uh, you know, two months. Maybe they'll finally get a touchdown that's longer than eight yards, right? Well, I'm not holding my breath, uh, nor, <laughs> nor am I holding my breath for them to get back in the playoff race, even though a lot of people seem to see – uh, the win over New Orleans is a new beginning. Don't get me wrong. I, I think their second-half schedule is comparatively much weaker, but but I'm not sure they're good enough to take advantage of that, not as much as they need to. No, that's the problem. I mean, in years past, you'd be salivating over the second-half schedule saying this is a 10-11, 12-win team. Now you're hoping, you know, you're hoping to win seven or eight games right now. But as you said, AFC, man, that's pretty stacked. I mean, what are you looking at? Six and three, six and four, being the seventh wild card right now. You're gonna to have to jump over Cleveland, Cincinnati, and a couple other teams in the West just to be able to get in the wild card hunt. I think that's extremely premature right now. If you can sneak one past Cincinnati, if you can avoid the Tomlin special in Indianapolis, all of a sudden you got Atlanta, Carolina, or bad. There's an opportunity there. Not to suck, but I don't think there's an opportunity there to make the playoffs. Just how the AFC's, uh, you know, rolling out right now of being a bunch of teams that are, you know, six and four, five and four, six and three right now. Now, uh, you uh, on Twitter uh, had a conniption over having to pay three fifty <laughs> for an unsweetened iced tea. Where was that at Longhorn Steakhouse? Yeah, you know, it's not that much. I mean, I normally yeah, I'm going to say how much do you expect it? to pay? For a drink in a restaurant. I mean, you, you really need to get out more. First of all, I mean, they don't put the price of the drink on the old menu. And there's a that's reason for one. that. Because it's three fifty. That's why. It might have been three sixty nine. It, it's water with a tea bag in it. And you, and you know, you know about this, Mark. 
When I found out it was like three fifty, I made sure I drank like thirteen of them just to get my money's worth. I don't know if anybody else is out there like that, but I made sure of that. I mean, come on now. I mean, I remember not that long ago it was like a dollar thirty nine all you could drink. Now it's three fifty. I don't know. Maybe I'm just an old coot yelling at the clouds in the sky or something. But three fifty for an iced tea at the Longhorn is is out of control to me. Well. I like Longhorn. I'm going to go back. I just won't get the the unsweetened tea. Get, yeah, get, get the water. Get the water. <laughs> Kaboom, great stuff as always. We'll talk again soon. All right. See you, Mark. That is Mark Caballi. Covers the Steelers for the Athletic. Yeah, how much did, did Mark think you pay for a drink at a restaurant these days? My God. 412-333-WXDX. We got Jonathan Bombouli talking hockey at the top of the hour. And the Pens host Toronto tonight. Hear all the action right here on the X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Konnichiwa, bitches. Konnichiwa. Hi, Marco. I have some important questions for you. That right there, my friend, that's asking for trouble. The X at 105.9. I did a top five list for top five snacks, but it's a very specific kind of snack, like in bags at convenience stores or in bags at supermarkets. Uh and a lot of crappy snacks are up for inclusion that I would never eat. Corn nuts, Funyuns, Chex Mix, pork rinds, Triscuits. I've tried each of those once and only once. Would never uh, do so again. Uh, I'm undecided on Cheetos. I hate how you get covered with that Cheetos dust, even if you're careful. But my top five uh, snacks of that ilk are number five, popcorn, not microwave. I'm talking in a bag, uh, preferably white cheddar. Number four, Fritos, good old-fashioned Fritos. Number three, Doritos, with the two top variations being Cool Ranch and Nacho Cheese. Number two, potato chips, either salt and vinegar or sour cream and onion, or just good old-fashioned Potato chips, Lay's, Uts, whatever. And number one on the list of top five snacks in bags, combos. Gotta be combos. They got pretzel, they got cracker. My favorite uh, method is pretzel with cheddar filling. And don't get me wrong, I know that they're bad for you. Everything I just mentioned is bad for you. But they got salt. They get like your blood rush kind of going a bit unless your arteries hard and then you die. Uh, I guess pretzels is just off the list, but I I think they're bland. I didn't include tortilla chips because tortilla chips don't stand alone. You need salsa, you need queso, but tortilla chips don't stand alone. I never got the attraction even remotely of like Funyuns, except when, who was a Jim Brewer? What was that movie where the, the three friends sell dope and they have to get the one friend out of jail? Half-baked it was. And they're listing all the snacks they want to eat when they're high. It was like, Funyuns. Yeah. To which I say, Funyuns, F no. Up next, Hockey Talk with our buddy Jonathan Bomboli from the trip. Penguins host the Leafs tonight. Hear all the action right here on 105.9 The X.